Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. In ancient Rome, there was a jurist by the name of Opian. Some of his thinking and writing have been preserved and have come down to benefit us even today in our modern society. I read one of his immortal theories recently. He said, and I quote, What pleases the prince has the force of law. What pleases the prince has the force of law. In other words, what the prince wants he gets. If he likes the way something goes, people will make sure that it goes that way, seeking to endear themselves to the higher authority for his favor and benefits. It is just as if there was a law written to mandate such a thing so as to keep the prince happy. Often these things are taken for granted. The prince could be anyone of supreme authority, the government or some person who has sway over us. No one objects because they want to keep the prince happy. Eventually, these things become standard practice and a part of the culture. Well, there are a few places anymore that can claim to have princes running their affairs. Yet I suggest to you that the principle is true nonetheless. Ulpian so long ago hit the nail on the head as he described how things work in politics, churches, governments, organizations, offices, and perhaps even in families. But I had a different thought as I pondered this truism of life and liberty in our society. I thought about another who is called a prince and who influences all regardless of what kind of government we have or where we happen to live. This prince is a powerful force who can stand up to him. He is not a figment of our imagination. He is a very real force that must be reckoned and even contended with. The Bible gives him the fuller title, the prince of the power of the air. And this prince, while physically invisible, fulfills Opian's definition of power and authority precisely, just as if he were a ruling prince of any nation on earth, now or in past ages. What pleases the prince has the force of law. Think about that for a moment.
I do not mean to infer that this prince of the power of the air has greater power than God. God has, in fact, allowed him full sway over the heavens, just short of the third heaven where he resides. This prince has domain over the atmosphere, which implies a spiritual element and therefore a spiritual dimension where what pleases him has the force of law. It seems to me, then, that this might explain to a degree why people do some of the unexplainable things that they do. Somehow they find satisfaction because they are encouraged to challenge the status quo. They go up against the things of God. They try to tear down those things which we hold dear. In trying to make their prince happy, they engage in unholy and immoral acts. They push society right up to the precipice, and they seem to do it without fear of punishment because somehow they know that if it pleases the prince, it must have the force of law. We are truly engaged in a spiritual warfare. The Apostle Paul advised us to prepare for such a battle, and in order to do so, he said, we must put on the whole armor of God. Forward into battle, the song says. See his banners go. Don't be fooled by what appears to be laws and regulations. Test the spirits to see if they are from God. Follow the captain of our salvation into battle. We are on the winning side.
And now with his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings. We are continuing to look at the Beatitudes as Jesus' personal profile of a true disciple. Today we come to the sixth Beatitude. It's found in Matthew 5 and verse 8. It reads as follows. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I've entitled this section or this message then, How to See God. Again, notice the promised blessing, blessed. Now, we've already talked about that. This means to have a sense of relationship to God, and as a result of that relationship, have a sense of tranquility, no matter what the circumstances may be. But now notice the demanded trait here, the pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's begin again by giving the definition and meaning of the trait. Now, in this case, it's purity. What does it mean in this text? Well, the word pure is a translation of the Greek word katazos, katazos. That's the noun form. The verb is katharizo. Katharizo is the verb. It means to be free from or to be cleansed. It describes a state or condition in four different areas in order to see what it really means. First, from a medical point of view, the word pure means to purify or cleanse a wound. We catarize a wound by using something to cleanse or purge it of all bacteria called a cataract. Second, psychologically, we talk about a catharsis. It is used to refer to a soul or conscience cleaning, a purging of all hidden hostilities, catharsis. Then this religious or ceremonial aspect, it is used to refer to the purging of that which is considered to be impure. For instance, in Matthew 23, Jesus says in verse 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean, that's the word, you make clean, you purify the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excesses. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse or purify first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also, end of quote. But then there's a spiritual aspect to this word purity and refers to forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus says in John 13:10. He says, He that is washed needs not save to wash his feet, but is clean or pure every whit, and you are clean or pure but not all. And then again in 1 John 1, 7, he says, If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin, purifies us from all sin. But now there's a second meaning or connotation to the word purity as well. And that is, it means unmixed, unadulterated, or un alloyed, 
meaning to be free from any foreign substance or element. When related to one's motive, therefore, it means singleness of mind and heart, not double-minded or double-hearted, no divided affections. It means to be pure in motive. Luke uses it in this fashion in Luke 10.40 concerning Martha, where he says, But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. See that word cumbered about? It means that she was distracted with her preparation. She was not single-minded in her devotion to Jesus' teaching and to sitting at his feet. She was divided in her motivation and in her actions. The derived meaning of the term pure, then, means to be cleansed from sin by the blood of Christ in order to serve God with singleness of purpose without distraction from anyone or anything. But we are still not finished with understanding the meaning of this characteristic of a true believer. We need to look further. First, look at the sphere in which this virtue is to be found. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Note first that it is internal, not external. The same as it is with the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. The emphasis is on the internal, not the external makeup of the believer. Also, in the scriptures, the heart has a broad connotation. It is not just this pump, this physical organ that is being referred to. For instance, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it refers to the mind or the intellect. Notice to what Paul says, quote, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. End of quote. This is what we refer to as the seat of knowledge, the heart, if you want. But it also refers to the emotions and affections. Paul mentions this in this way in, this way in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, where he says, The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Jesus Christ. This has to do with our emotions. It also has to do with our intellect. Thirdly, the heart also refers to the will of volition. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Paul says, Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, when we put all this together, we see that the heart refers to the entire personality, the very essence of a person's being. It is the source of all that we are. And so, a person with a pure in heart attitude is a person whose entire personality has been and is being cleansed and purged by the blood of Christ on an ongoing basis so that we may serve God undistracted, with singleness of mind, with singleness of will, with singleness of affection, the entire being, one focus, and that is to glorify Christ in a pure way. In other words, this is a person whose mind is not cluttered 
with unclean or unprofitable thoughts, but rather whose mind is set on things above rather than on things below. And this is a person who realizes that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is a person whose affections are directed Godward rather than selfward or worldward. It's a person who does not love the world, neither the things that are in the world. It is a person whose will is committed to doing only what pleases God rather than self. Now, let's look at the basis for the blessing. They shall see God. Again, I remind you, the thought here is that the true believer will be blessed because we see God, not because we are pure. However, seeing God is both the result of and motivation for being pure. Now, the literal rendering of the phrase is, they shall be continually seeing God. This is a very important to understand. At least three implications are involved in this idea. First, this is both a present and a future blessing. Those who have been initially cleansed by the blood of Christ by faith in him and continue to walk in the light as he is in the light will continually be cleansed by his blood and thus see Christ in his word, in his creation, in his people, and in everyday circumstances of life as well. We will have fellowship with him in every aspect of life and realize that all things do in fact work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Second, the closer and more intimate we get to God, the more we will be determined to set ourselves apart from sin. And the more we do this, the closer we get to him. And the closer we get to him, the better we see him for who he is. Third, one glorious day, we shall actually see him as he is in all his glory. To be able to experience such a glorious event, he will have to change and transform our bodies in order to be able to be exposed to such majesty, holiness, and power. Oh, my friends, what a day that will be, and it will go on forever. We will continually be seeing him as he is in our new glorified bodies. That's why we could say, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall be continually seeing God, both now and in the endless future to come because of the purifying, cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. My friends, let me ask you as I close today, are you such a person? You can be by receiving and relying upon Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on your behalf. Won't you do so right now? I trust that you will, if you have not done so to date. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things.
You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. There forevermore to stay. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and not toiling will be. Happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and our toiling will be. in a moment Jesus Christ could come again